Welcome to Christian Assembly, a family church. Since 1930, we've been serving the communities of Western Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia with the good news of Jesus Christ. With over 40 years of Bible teaching and ministry experience, Pastor Bill brings faith-filled revelation from God's Word. We believe with you, wherever you are, that God will inspire and change your life through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly, follow us on social media or visit our website at cafamily.net. Uh, we're talking about the doctrine of baptisms this morning, and it looks like our young ones are going to stay with us, and so that's wonderful. But we're talking about the doctrine of baptisms, and uh, Hebrews chapter 6, uh, six and verses 1 and 2, let's read those verses first and foremost. If you were with us last week, we kind of talked about these things. Therefore, leaving the principles or the elementary ABCs of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection. Notice from the principles to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms. Notice the word baptisms is plural and of laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. These verses reveal to us six of the fundamental principles of the doctrine of Christ and their outline, their force, and their name. Last week we talked about eternal judgment and what that was all about. Today I want to talk about the doctrine of baptisms. Notice in those verses he said he wants us to grow spiritually. He wants us to develop beyond the elementary stages of our Christianity. It's the same thing that we see in the natural world that we live in when it comes to school. We don't start off in the 12th grade. We start at the first kindergarten, first grade, et cetera, et cetera, and just move on all the way through. And why is this important? Because we have to have a right foundation in place. A person that's, uh, let's say, six years old can't understand 12th grade material, obviously. We know that. Well, the same thing is true spiritually. When you're first born to the body of Christ, you're a babe in Christ, and you've got to learn. I've got to learn. We all have to learn. Well, these are the elementary fundamental principles. These are the ABCs. Now, if we don't have this foundation in place, it'll be difficult for us to make right choices and decisions when it comes to our lives, when it comes to moral decisions, ethical decisions, and even when it comes to our doctrinal beliefs can be wrong if we don't have a good, basic understanding of the Word of God. And so that's why we want to continue to teach these basic principles so that we have a good foundation so that we can promote our own growth and development. So we're going to talk about baptisms. Look in the book of Ephesians, uh, chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. Just to clarify one thing, because you are, you're, I know we're going to hear things when you teach like this. So I want to clarify some things and lay a good foundation. There is one body and one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith. How many baptisms? One, one baptism. Someone commented and said, there's not more than one baptism, there's only one baptism. Well, let's explain that. Paul here is talking about the baptism in the body of Christ. When you're baptized into the body of Christ, that's the main primary baptism. And that has nothing to do with anything but us accepting Christ. But if you read other scripture, you find out in Hebrews, there's no contradiction here. There's more than one baptism. And the easy way to find that out and discover it is this. There's more than one baptizer. So if there's more than one baptizer... There must be more than one baptism. So Paul's talking about the new birth being born again. One baptism into the body of Christ. That's the primary baptism that we all experienced when we got saved. Okay, but now there's other baptisms that we need to recognize. Now, before we even get to those three, let's look at this. When it comes to baptism or being baptized, 
If you go back into the Greek, especially historically, you find out that the word means to immerse someone into something. To immerse completely someone into something. When I was a baby, I was baptized. But that baptism wasn't an immersion into something. And it was really meaningless, to be honest with you. If you don't understand the biblical teaching of what a baptism is, I wasn't immersed into anything. Plus, I couldn't make a decision for myself to even say I wanted to be immersed in Christ. And so, it's basically religious teachings that does that. Jesus himself was baptized, how old? 30. 30 years old when he got baptized. I mean, weren't they concerned about original sin? They didn't know that he was the Son of God. Right? Well, there was no fear that he would be lost. It's because he wasn't baptized until he was 30 years of age. No. So, baptism means to immerse, completely immerse someone into something. And if you go historically, you find out that what it means is to dip and to die. I alluded to this a little bit last week, to dip and to die. And what it was a reference to is this. If I don't like the color of my coat, I would get a vat of dye. And I wouldn't just sprinkle it. Otherwise, I'd be pretty psychedelic up here. What, wouldn't I? What do you do with it? You dip it all the way under, let it set for a while, then pull it back up, and what do you get? The whole thing is completely changed, right? So you dip it, dye it, pull it up, and you got a brand new sport coat or suit coat, right? Absolutely. That's what the meaning was. You took something and you dipped it, immersed it until it changed, and then you brought it up brand new. So with that as a platform and a foundation, let's look at the three biblical baptisms that we all should be familiar with if we are going to grow and develop spiritually. And he says, look, don't stay there as a, let's say, in, in the elementary stages of your Christianity. Use that as a platform and grow from there. So number one, we have the first one, and that is the baptism, notice this, by the Spirit into the body of Christ. So who's the baptizer? Let me say that again. It is the Spirit is the baptizer into the body of Christ. So who's the baptizer? Good. It's the Holy Spirit who baptizes us into the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, 13. Let's read the verse. It is the Holy Spirit. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. So who's the baptizer? The Holy Spirit. And what are we being baptized into? Or the medium, you can say, is the body of of Christ. And so, without any effort on our own, other than we've received Christ as our Savior, something took place in our lives. And what was that? At the time of our salvation, if you can picture this, there was a vat that contained the blood of Jesus Christ, and He took us, and He dipped us, praise God, and put us all the way under, immersed us until we arose and emerged whiter than snow. We went in with sin, sick souls, and we came out the righteousness of God in Christ. We went in lost, and we came out found. 
Can you say amen? amen? Praise God. Aren't you glad for that? So we got dipped into the blood of Jesus Christ. I've heard preachers say this sometimes to individuals that maybe weren't walking as they should with the Lord. Man, you need another dip in the blood. <laughs> Did you ever hear that one? You need another dip in the blood. And what's he referring to? Get yourself under the blood of Jesus. Remain under the blood of Jesus. And when something is offensive, then get it under the blood of Jesus. 1 John 1, 1.9 says, if, you sin, if we confess our sin, He's faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Forgive us our sins and cleanse us. Get under the blood. So the first baptism is the baptism into the body of Christ. The baptizer is the Holy Ghost. And by one spirit, we've been baptized into one body. Now, Number two, the second one is the baptism with the Holy Ghost. But the baptizer is Jesus. Look at Matthew's Gospel, chapter 3 and verse 11. I indeed baptize you, this is John the Baptist speaking, with water under repentance, but he that comes after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He, who's he? Jesus shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. So what's the medium? The Holy Ghost and fire. Who's the baptizer? Jesus is the baptizer. So obviously this is different than being born again. Because that doesn't say that the Spirit's baptizing you into the body. This is saying that Jesus will baptize you as a believer with the Holy Ghost and fire. Isn't that what it says there? Look in the book of Acts, in chapter 1, verse 5. And you can see this in, throughout the book of Acts. But, for John truly baptized with what? Water. But you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. So once again, they were baptized in water by John. But here, Jesus is going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost in fire. Can you see the distinct difference between the two? Absolutely. If you've got two baptizers, then you've got two baptisms. Okay, so let's look at Acts chapter 2, because this is when it took place. These are believers now, they're in the upper room, there's about 120 of them. Mary, the mother of Jesus, is there as well. Okay, and they're not going to get baptized in water. Jesus said, not many days hence, you will be baptized with the Holy Ghost. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Everybody say fire. Fire. So when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with, uh, in one accord in one place. And suddenly... There came a sound from heaven as as a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them cloven tongues like as of what? Fire. Fire that sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with what? With who? The Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Well, would you say that that was the fulfillment of what Jesus said was going to happen? I would think so. Wouldn't you? He said, not many days hence, you're going to be filled with the Holy Ghost and fire. Absolutely, baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire. Now, we're told by John that the one doing the baptizing is Jesus, not the Holy Ghost. So you can see there's this distinct difference between the two baptisms. So that's baptism number two. And this one does not involve water. It involves the Holy Ghost and fire. Thank God for the fire of the Holy Ghost. Our God is a consuming fire. And the fire of the Holy Ghost will be upon us to burn up the chaff in our lives and conform us to the very image of the Lord Jesus Christ. But notice there's also connected with that power. 
You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Why wouldn't someone want power? Someone saved is saved and going to heaven and we thank God for that. But I don't want to go there powerless. I want to go there powerful. I want to experience the power of God while I'm here living upon the planet. We all should want that. So number two is being baptized with the Holy Ghost in fire, empowering us to carry out the purpose of God's will for our lives, ministries, families, etc., etc. Look in the book of John, John's Gospel, in chapter 7. In chapter 7 it says this, in the last day, that last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and he cried saying, If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, that they which believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. So, what's that telling us? It's telling us that a non-believer cannot be baptized with Holy Ghost fire. A non-believer can receive Jesus and be baptized in water or that he can receive Jesus and be baptized into the body of Christ by one spirit. But you've got to be a child of God, born of the spirit, to qualify to being filled with the spirit or baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire. So we see here that we should. Everybody say should. should. We should. It's a strong suggestion. That if you've been born again, you should be baptized with the Holy Ghost and with fire. There's power connected to it. Let's look at the Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 8, 9, 10, 19. There's the platform that's been established. It's all set up for us. And if you read all these particular uh, verses of Scripture in, in those chapters, you'll find out, praise God, that these people that got saved got filled with or baptized with the Holy Ghost and with fire. It was a pattern established throughout the entirety of the book of Acts. All the way up to Acts chapter 19, which is like 20 years later, we see them promoting the same idea. If you've been baptized in Christ, then you probably have been baptized in water and you should be baptized with Holy Ghost fire. So if we want to grow and develop spiritually, it's important that we acknowledge this and of course we submit ourselves to it. And it's up to us to do that on our own. And the third baptism is obvious to us all here today. This is called the baptism in water. You're being baptized in water. That's the medium. But who's doing the baptizing? Well, John the Baptist isn't here. Right? Paul's not here. He baptized a few. So who's doing the baptizing? A believer. Could be any believer. A believer is doing the baptizing. That's the third baptizer. What's the medium? Water. You're being baptized in water. So that's the third baptism. So you're baptized by the Spirit into the body of Christ. You're baptized by Jesus with Holy Ghost fire. And you're baptized in water by the minister or by the believer who's performing the water baptism service. So those are the three baptisms. Now, look in your Bible in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 14. You'll notice here that Paul made this statement. I thank God that I baptize none of you, but Crispus and Gaius, lest any should say that I baptized, I had baptized in mine own name. And I baptized also the household of Stephanus, besides I know not whether I baptized any other. Who's doing the baptizing there? Paul the Apostle, right? 
He's baptizing those people that he mentioned right there. He didn't know if he baptized anybody else, but you can see that's the third baptism because there's a third baptizer. So he baptized them in water. Now, in the book of Acts, look at Acts chapter 8 and verse 12. This can take place anywhere at any time. I know that we do things formally here, and you guys don't even know that I walk on water every service, but I do. It's usually empty when I walk on it, but anyhow. <laughs> Acts chapter 8 and verse 12, it can take place anywhere, anytime, as long as you have been born again. If you've been baptized by the Spirit to the body of Christ, you qualify for water baptism. Let's read it. But when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized both men and women. So they were both, they're all baptized after they received Christ. So when they received Christ, that's called by the Spirit, baptized into the body of Christ. Now they got them baptized in water. It was immediate. It didn't take a class that they had to go to and submit to this, that, or the other thing. They did it the moment they realized they were saved. They believed in Jesus Christ. And then, boom, they were dunked immediately. And I'll explain why in just a moment. But look at uh, verse 15, I believe it is, in your notes. Who, when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Wait a minute. See, there are those that say, well, once you got saved, that means that's it. You've got the Holy Ghost and all that. Wait a minute. They were saved. They were baptized in water, which means what? They were baptized into the body of Christ by the Spirit. They were baptized in water by the minister. Now what? They didn't receive the Holy Ghost. They sent for Peter and John. When they came down, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. The third baptism, receiving the Holy Ghost by Jesus with the Holy Ghost and fire. So we see that throughout the entirety of the book of Acts, we have this pattern established and laid out before us. Now, for some reason, along the way, religious tradition gets in the way. You don't need this. You've got it all and all that. But for some reason, I don't know why, they just don't want to look at the Scriptures as to what they really teach. We need to be baptized all three ways. We should be baptized all three ways. There's all kinds of doctrines that are out there that are really confusing to people. Uh, real quickly, I'll share you. Many of you know my testimony. Some of you don't, probably. But um, when I first got saved, I was a house on fire for God. I wanted to know beyond any shadow of a doubt that I was going to make heaven my eternal place of residence. I wanted to know that. I was really gung-ho. I got saved. And when I got saved, I'm, I was just so on fire that I was growing up uh, and used to a denominational church that didn't preach these things I'm preaching to you today. Um, and so I wasn't familiar with a lot of things. But when I got saved, I wanted to be obedient to do what God would have me to do. And so I wanted to be baptized in water. I warred with it because I was baptized as a baby. But now remember, I had no foundational teaching. I didn't even know if I should be. I thought maybe I'm offending God by doing it again. Did that qualify? Was it okay? So I did like every person did back in 1976. I called the 700 Club. I thought I would get a hold of Pat Robertson and he would tell me exactly what to do. Well, was I mistaken? So I called there. I talked to a prayer partner. Uh, what can we do for you? Well, I've got a little bit of a dilemma. What's your dilemma? I was baptized as a baby in water. I got saved this past October. Uh, I'm 24 years old at the time. 
um, should I get baptized again now? What a response. You talk about a great counselor. What do you think? What do I think? Well, I thought I should call you and find out. That's what I thought. But you're no help. <laughs> well, what do you think? I don't know. I don't know enough of the Bible. I'm, I was baptized as a baby. Does it count? Do I, should I do it again? Whatever. Well, whatever you think. I said, I'm done with this. Okay. You know what I think? I think I should get dumped. That's what I think. The Holy Ghost will always lead you in the right way. So, okay. I'm going to get baptized in water. I'm thoroughly excited about being baptized in water. So excited about doing it. I called this church up where I went to one service. And that guy, he preached the Lazarus and the rich man. The rich man and Lazarus story from Luke 16, 19 to 31. Scared me half to death at that time. Okay. Whoa. So I called him on the phone. I thought, this guy's just going to be so on my side. I said... Pastor, I would love, I need to get baptized in water. I want baptized in water like as soon as I possibly can. I've been born again. I'm excited. I've got the life of God on me. And I'm so thrilled. I want to be baptized in water. A little bit of a pause. And he says, I'm sorry to burst your bubble. If you haven't been baptized in water, then you haven't been born again. <laughs> I said to myself, wait a minute. I said to myself, I know me before and I know me after. Before I wasn't born again. After I'm born again. I'm not a person that would want to turn on my TV and watch PTL. Or the 700 Club. Because when I saw that stuff come on TV, I just said, these people are a bunch of weirdos. The 700 Club... You know, praise the Lord club and all that sort of thing. It just was offensive to me because I was over in my religious tradition and I was okay. But when I got born again, all of a sudden those stations, when they came on, I thought, stop right there. Lift up my hands and praise God with all those people. For, thank God that I was saved. This guy's telling me I'm not born again. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I know I'm born again. I want baptized in water as soon as I can. He said, meet me at the church on Saturday. It might have been Thursday or something like that. Saturday morning, we'll get you baptized in water. I said, okay, I want to get back. He thinks he's going to get me saved. I'm getting baptized in water. I've been saved. I've been baptized by the Spirit to the body of Christ. So I walk into his church. He's got his baptismal just like this here. It's all real nice flowers around it and all that. Greens and everything around it. I didn't know there were greens in it, but there were greens all the way around it. They weren't really greens. They were slime and all that. And that was inside that water. And so here I am. I got on my little pair of shorts and tank top, whatever it is. And I go there. And this guy's in the water. I don't know he's wearing hip boots. I have no idea he has hip boots on. He's in the water. He's immersed all the way up to here in, in his boots and all that. And so I just go, I'll see, just like this here. And I want, I mean, I was boom, boom. And when I hit the water, my eyeballs got big as saucers. And then my lips started to quiver because it was like 33 degree water. And then the slime just, just covered me all over. And there I was and like that. And he goes, wait, go... He couldn't get the words out. Slow down, it's cold. He couldn't get it out. It was just too late. I was already immersed. So he baptized me and I came up out of the water and I got home and took a shower as fast as I possibly could to get all that scum off of me and everything. He thought he got me saved, but I didn't get saved. I got baptized in water. You see, water baptism 
doesn't save you. It's an outward sign of an inward work of grace. I was already saved. I'm just letting the flowers know that I'm saved. Now, because there was nobody else there but the two of us. He doesn't think I was saved. At least not till then. Then he thought he got me saved. But um, it's so important to have foundational teaching so that we know exactly what we're doing. And these things shouldn't be foreign to us and they shouldn't be mysterious or anything like that. There's three baptisms. It's very clear in Scripture. Three baptizers, three baptisms. Into the body of Christ by the Spirit. By Jesus into the, uh, with the Holy Ghost and fire. And thirdly, in water like you're going to do today. You're going to get baptized in water here today. And so when you go under the water, praise God, it's like the old man dies. Look at Romans chapter, um, let's see, uh, let's, first of all, let's look, look at uh, Matthew. Let's look at Matthew 3. And look at verse 13 through 17 again. Matthew 3. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee. And sayest thou to me, baptize me. Uh, come and silent me. And Jesus answered and said to him, Suffer it to be so now, allow it to be now. For thus it becometh us to fulfill all what? Righteousness. All righteousness. Then he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. And lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well what? Please. Well pleased. So what did Jesus tell us in these scriptures? First of all, it's important for us to fulfill all righteousness. If he fulfilled all righteousness, should not we fulfill all righteousness? In other words, this is the right thing for a person to do. And let me, when I say this, listen to me carefully. When we get baptized, it's for ourselves before God. It's not because so-and-so is getting baptized, so-and-so is getting baptized. and No, it's not that kind of a club. You see, it didn't matter to me who else was baptized. When I called that pastor on the phone, I was on fire for God. I wanted in the water as fast as I could. I didn't even want to wait to another baptism service. He could have taken me in the lake if he wanted to. I was that serious with God, that sincere toward God. I want change in my life. I've been born again. I'm going to let people know it. No one had to tell me to do it. I'm getting dumped. And I'm not waiting another moment. I let him know, man, this is what I desire. I want to please God, as we just read there. I'm going to fulfill all righteousness, and I want to please God. It doesn't matter to me how many do or do not get baptized in water. I want to be baptized in water. Now look in, in Romans. You see, to refuse or to delay being baptized in water is to possibly establish a pattern for, you can say, procrastination or even disobedience. How many things did Jesus really ask us to do? What did Jesus do for us? How small is it to be baptized in water as an act of obedience toward God? Romans chapter 6, let's read it. Because by doing so, we establish a pattern of what? Obedience with God, before God. Know you not? That so many of us, as we're baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead, by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Romans chapter 6 puts it all together for us. And what it does, it shows us what's taking place. You see, too often I think what we do is we 
stretch the whole thing out because we think we've got to arrive at a certain place of spiritual understanding and maturity before we could ever get baptized in water. That's not the pattern in the book of Acts. The pattern in the book of Acts is very simple. Did you get saved? Then you could be baptized in water. Do you remember the eunuch when Philip left Samaria, went down to Samaria, he preached Christ there, they got saved and they got baptized with the Holy Ghost as well as water? Then he was carried by the Spirit over to where the eunuch was and the eunuch came up to his chariot and he said to him, you know, uh, who's Isaiah talking about? And then, of course, Philip began to explain to him who, Philip, who Isaiah was talking about. Talking about Jesus. So the eunuch stops everything and says, wait a minute. Whoa. I believe. Can I be baptized in water? And Philip says to him, if you believe with all your heart that Jesus is the Messiah, you could be baptized. He said, look, there's water right over here. Can I be baptized? If you believe with all your heart. You don't have to go through 12 lessons. You don't have to go through these particular studies. If you gave your heart to Jesus, then you should be dunked in that water. Get baptized. Why? Because it fulfills all righteousness. It established a pattern of obedience. And as Romans said, what you are doing... Number one, you're confessing Christ before men. Now, that might not seem like much to us, but I just pulled up a, a study on the, the martyrs and the deaths of people in the first hundred years of Christianity. You would be beside yourself. It would almost be so nauseating that you couldn't even stand to hear the way these people died. You see, if you did this back in those days and you were a Jewish person, you were not in good hands. To deter that from happening, to destroy Christianity, they did things like this. They skinned you, took all your skin off of your body, put you on a pole, got hot coals, and began to burn your body all over until you screamed to death. They put together what is called an iron bull. And you know how back in the day in some areas, you know, the bull was worshipped and etc. The sacred cows. They were hollow inside. They would take you. They would say, you want to be baptized in water? You want to accept Christ? Recant, renounce him right now, or you go into the bull. I'm not renouncing Christ. You could do what you want. Remember Jesus said, don't fear those that can kill your body. Fear those that can destroy your soul in hell. Fear him. Fear him. They would put them in the, bo the body inside the bull. Then they would create a fire underneath the bull. And they would slowly cook you in that bull. And they would put other things in there that made it hard for you to breathe, etc., etc. There you were, screaming from the pain and the anguish. Then you know the story of John, who supposedly was to be burn in a vat of oil, because that was a practice as well. How many of you heard that story about John, the Apostle John? Supposedly, if you accepted Christ, then as a Christian, if you didn't renounce your belief, they would take you over a vat of burning oil, and almost like with this apparatus, they would just dip you into it. Some of these kings were so absolutely ruthless, they would dip you down and pull you up and dip you down and pull you up and dip you down and pull you up 
until you encounter the most possible pain you can possibly experience. So you see, for us to stand here today and say, I accept that Jesus as my Savior and my Lord is nothing. You're saying in front of a group of people here that love you, that care about you, and they care about your eternity, and they want to see you baptized in water and serving Christ. You're dying to yourself is what you're saying, and you're coming out and you're living for Christ. You're not going to live the way you lived before. It's a decision that you are making to live for God, to love Him, to honor Him, to obey Him, to serve Him, to follow His laws, His commandments, His statutes, and His judgment. That's what this is all about. And so they knew that if you really renounced Judaism and you took on Christianity... The only way they're going to deter that, these awful ways of, of death. You were fed to lions in the Roman Colosseum. You were sawn in half, upside down, so that all the blood would rush down. And then with a wooden saw, they would just begin to cut your body in half. And they would tie your arm and your legs to chariots. And they would go separate ways. And they would detach your limbs. From... So we can sit here in the comforts of all this and just, thank you, Jesus. But if we really think about the sacrifice those people made in the first hundred years of Christianity and how they refused to recant, even burning at the stake, and we can go on. There's many more ways. And I can't even think of how insidious. You think about how these people... Obviously, if they're demonized and they think like devils think, that's what they do. That's because that's where all these methods come from. How horrible. Why? Because you accepted Christ as your Savior. How much more? If they would do that, facing what they would face as a result, come up out of the water. He is pleased with you. And now, be ripped apart limb from limb. How much more? Should we be able to say, no matter who you are out there, if you've not been baptized in water, you shouldn't wait. You shouldn't wait. Why? It's an act of obedience. It's the least that we can do to let people know, I'm following Jesus.